you can do something a little bit different today to break into someone's world in a way that's going to make them smile. Hey friends, welcome to the 10th episode of the Tell Stories Make Friends podcast with me, Kevin Unger. Today, I talk with Jeremy Jens. He is the host of his own show called The Open Road Podcast. Jeremy has been all over the world. And more importantly, he is teaching people how to find adventure in the everyday. I cannot wait for you to hear this conversation. Hey man, how are you? Yeah, things are good right now in my world. Um, just got back from the grocery store. That's kind of what weekends nice. are for, getting everything sorted out and uh, going to head out for dinner with my wife tonight. So life's good. Yeah. Sounds like fun, man. So what does life look like to you? You mentioned you have a wife, but you have family, where you live in. What are you doing for work right now? Yeah, yeah. So right now I am living in Burlington. Um, we currently live with friends of ours. They bought a townhouse uh, about a year and a half ago and we're interested in having some people live with them. So my wife and I moved in because we're in a bit of a transition time while she finishes up her uh, requirements to become a lawyer. So we're living there right now. Uh, she's going to get her designation in the summer. Uh, we bought a house, so we'll be moving in a couple months. And that's kind of you know a little bit about how life looks. And then other than that, I work uh, for a cool uh, leadership training company called Eagles Flight uh, out of Guelph, Ontario. And there's you know, I could talk about that for a long time, but that's the that's the Coles notes there. Dude, that's awesome. So it sounds like you guys have a whole lot going on. Yeah, lots going on all the time. And then yeah, the podcast on the side and you know, other other things happening. So yeah, it's yeah. it's fun. That's sweet, man. Well actually I drove past your uh your place or not your place, but your city today because I was in Toronto doing some work. Okay. Yeah, so it was fun. It just passed right through. What um, were you doing uh, in Toronto? I was doing some photos for actually for um, uh, he was a boxer and journalist and a bunch of other stuff. Um, so it's for, it's for this, uh, it's doing his portraits, but it's for an event and I believe it's for the promotional photos and for his book, that kind of thing. But yeah, nice. yeah, it was fun. And then he told me too, we were in, um, a very sketchy part of Toronto where actually the bloods and the crips are like, I kid you not. Like it used to be like really? a big, sh yeah, apparently it used to be a big shooting ground there. He's like, don't worry, but you're safe with me. I'm good with everyone here. I'm like, <laughs> uh, I mean like, okay. I mean like, I mean, I didn't feel unsafe. I felt safe the whole time. So, I mean, it was good. It was good. If, if I were you, I would have said, all right, okay, I'm glad I'm safe with you, but let's go find some action and get some really good shots. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. So, no, it was good. So, I was in Toronto earlier today, but yeah, now, now I'm here and we're talking and it was good. Lots of fun. Nice. But and dude, where are you right now? I, it's been a while since we connected. Yeah, man. So, I'm actually in St. Catharines because we got, yeah. Victoria and I got married in August. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's been like six, is it six months yet? Something like that. Yeah, like six it's great. months. Yeah, so it's it's awesome. I'm I'm loving it. Marriage is anyone who says like, oh, you're getting married so young. Honestly, marriage is the bomb. I love it, man. That's good. Um, That's yeah. good. Yeah, and then yeah, saying St. Catherine's just doing photography full time in the podcast as well. So yeah, it's been lots of fun. So you just said that you're doing a podcast on the side. Like, what is your podcast for anyone who doesn't know? Yes. Yeah, I'm happy to chat a little bit about it. So uh, about a uh, a year and a half ago. Um, Maybe, maybe a little less than that, but about a year and a half ago, I was really craving a creative project and, uh, you know, podcasting is starting to get really big and I was thinking, what's a, what's a good idea for a podcast, something that I can chat about, something that I'm interested in learning about and something that, uh, you know, my co-host will, uh, will also be, uh, into. So I have a, a podcast called the open road podcast and it's all about helping people find more adventure in their everyday. So 
yeah, for the last year, we've kind of been exploring this idea of adventure. What does it mean? What does it not mean? Who are people who are doing interesting things? Um, we share some of our own stories from uh, different road trips or escapades around the globe. And then also just try to offer just really practical tips for people who are living more normal lives like me and my co-host where, you know, we have uh, wives and jobs and, uh, you know, he's going to be having a kid within like the next month or so. So we're just exploring this idea that as we gain more responsibility, as we grow up a little bit, how can we still make sure that our lives are uh, full of great stories and adventures and uh, meaningful connections? So that's what the podcast is all about. So different than what like I would have originally gotten the vibe from listening from a few of your episodes. I thought it was more just about here, let's talk about our adventures, not, oh yeah, we're getting responsibility, but how do you do that? So I, I love that. That's super cool. Yeah, and it's been an interesting evolution of how that has kind of come about because, you know, we've been now, we're kind of almost a, almost a year in, so we try to do it weekly so that, you know, if we, we, we don't quite, but if, if we had been there, we are almost 50 episodes in, so... As you get a groove with a podcast, it starts to find its own voice and find its own groove. So it's been an interesting evolution from some of our earlier episodes to later episodes. And, you know, we don't even always talk about that necessarily. It's in, in many ways a bit of a, a general show. And hopefully people like hearing a little bit about our lives and, and the people we bring on. But, yeah, it's been a, it's it's fun the way a podcast uh, evolves. So. Dude, yeah, no, I definitely hear that because even... Even this will be, I think, like the eleventh or twelfth episode. I think, um, yep. maybe tenth. I don't know. I'm best. I'm so bad at remembering stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but, it's also inconsequential. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I mean, it's interesting too. Even as I've been recording each episode, that it's I, oh, I I'm starting to like if I if I listen to the first one, it's almost cringeworthy. You know, like your first couple. I'm so monotone of just talking so quietly throughout, like the beginning, like in the in the intros and everything. To now, where I'm starting to actually have a voice and like. I want to like use more expression i'm using my hands when i'm talking yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like opposed to before i was just sitting there with my hands like folded the entire time just yeah, trying yeah. to make sure i can hear myself in the mic okay yeah well and that's the that's the awesome thing too i mean you know one reason we started the podcast my co-host his name's calvin you know we wanted to do something creative together he lives about three hours away from me and so to even keep our friendship uh, pretty strong, it's a really neat way to do that. And then the other things I love about it are, are exactly some of the stuff you're saying. How do I come across when I'm speaking? Uh, this is a, now a habit um, that you have where you're practicing clearly communicating ideas, engaging with someone, listening really well. And those skills are so transferable. You know, good interviewers doesn't seem like they're just, you know, asking these questions. They're having more of a conversation, but still getting to the heart of different issues. And that's one thing that's been really cool about having an interview style podcast. And I'm sure you're finding this as well, that you really start to hone those skills that are going to serve you in other uh, areas of your life. So I'm not surprised that you're finding that already. And that's another reason why, you know, I would recommend if someone is interested in, in honing a skill to do a creative project, start a podcast and Figure out what it sounds like, like listen to yourself, yeah. listen to what you're saying, listen to how you're coming across and all of that stuff is really, uh, I think just helpful and you know, it has been, it's an adventure of its own. So we often say that on our podcast that, you know, while we don't necessarily travel every day or, you know, do all these romanticized trips or anything that, you know, getting, uh, doing a creative project is, is an adventure unto itself. So 
Dude, yeah, I agree 100%. I know, I know I was talking to someone, um, I was doing photos for this one author a few weeks ago, and I was talking to her and saying that even if nobody listens to this podcast, I get to talk to really cool people and learn about issues that I knew nothing about before, right? So, I mean, like, for me, I've learned so much. For example, uh, last week I talked to Phil Martin, uh, who's who's an ambassador ambassador for Autism Speaks. He's an amazing photographer, but... Yeah, he's also happens to be autistic and you would never know. And that shattered everything I thought I knew about autism. I had no sure. idea about like how autism worked in and like uh, the quirks of it and everything, too. And well, I just yeah. So I mean, like for me, even if nobody's listening to it, this is just so much fun. Absolutely. Yeah. And pod and podcasts are this wonderful place where people share ideas and the long form uh, you know, the way that it's not just a quick two minute video or a one com or one captioned Instagram post. It's a way to allow people to fully express an idea and dive into the nuance and the complexity of different points of view. And, you know, everyone likes to have their black and white opinions on politics or all these other things, but podcasting is a really great way to facilitate uh, discussion, which is another reason why it's, uh, why i'm such a fan of it anyway so oh for sure yeah i mean like even from from something that i i hold really dearly is it's okay to disagree on stuff it's actually really healthy sure and just like have have a good conversation about it and be respectful that's when you have conversations that are just killer which i love but just to talk hey just to go back a little bit because you're talking about your podcast and finding adventure in the everyday how do you find adventure in the everyday Ooh, that's a good question i think um there's a couple of principles that that hold true, um, and that's the other thing too. Where I think one thing we've learned a little bit is to look at life as a bit more of a journey. So we're starting to learn, you know, in more depth that um, you know good things take time and they take effort and they take uh, you know hard work. So when we think of adventure in the everyday, it's it's kind of this idea of um, define what adventure looks like to you. So for some people, you know, it could be as simple as taking a different way home from work. You know, there's, there's people who say that's a good thing to do. It kind of opens your mind or just kind of gets you out of your routine. So that's even one thing that, that I would, would say is a good way is, is, is change your routine or change, say yes to something that you wouldn't have necessarily said yes to. Um, but yeah, it's this idea that, you know, if you have something that you want to do, make a plan, set a bit of a goal and then, and then kind of make it happen or try to make it happen or talk to other people who are doing something similar. But this idea of adventure, I'd say it's important to define what it means to you. You know, we've heard a lot of definitions as we've done our podcast from, you know, traveling is adventure or, um, you know, starting a family is an adventure or starting a business is an adventure. So I, I'd say think about something you're even passionate about and then do stuff that starts to move you in the right direction of achieving something or of uh, just even exploring it a little bit more. And that's the other thing. It doesn't necessarily have to be goal-based or about achieving something. The adventure could just be, you know, having a change in routine with your significant other or with your friends or with, you know, your, your, um, your colleagues or something like that. So, you know, it it almost be an easier question to answer if there was a specific adventure someone was trying to go on where you can then kind of 
spitball ideas on how to do things differently or, or make something happen. But so then that's been another thing that's been fun about the podcast is hearing these, this wide variety of, uh, of opinions and, and schools of thought. Dude, I love that. That's so cool. So I love how, how Im- almost ambiguous it is of defining adventure and that's really cool. But then for you, I want to go back in time a little bit. Where did the whole idea of adventure start for you? Cause you keep talking about it and how defining whether it is, whether it's, it's traveling or yeah, yeah. Any, any of that kind of thing. So where did, how, where and how did that start for you? So I have always kind of been, I have a, a personality type that likes to always do the next thing or always try to have new experiences. Um, if, if any of your listeners are familiar with the Enneagram on that uh, personality test, I'm a seven. Do you know the Enneagram at all? No, but everyone keeps telling me I should do it. Yeah. So I don't know. It, pe- people kind of know that. So like, as a yeah. seven, I'm always looking for the next hit of adrenaline or adventure or trying to find new experiences. So um, the name of our podcast actually comes from one of the defining things in my you know, quest for adventure. Uh, a number of years ago, 2010 now, five friends, uh, or so four, me plus four, we, we bought an RV off Kijiji and we kind of came up with this mission to drive across the country doing random acts of kindness and service projects and and free barbecues and fun stuff like that to find adventure as we traveled. And we called that the open road project. So hit the open road, throw together some cash to spend on other people and, you know, try to find people who have some sort of need. We connected with churches. We connected with, uh, you know, smaller communities. We drove to a skate park to meet people. We had family and friends in different parts of the country that we um, that we met and that we did, you know, projects for, or even just shared a meal for whenever we went through Tim Hortons drive through, we bought for the three cars behind us and, and stuff like that, that really kind of shaped this, um, this idea that to just to find adventure, um, is just about breaking maybe social norms or just having this attitude that, um, you can do something a little bit different today to break into someone's world in a way that's going to make them smile. And the cool thing about this trip was, you know, we had been on organized mission trips before and organized service trips where you go down somewhere, you do something and it's all kind of prescribed. This trip was very different because it was just us five guys and we were uh, really early twenties and we had to make our own fun and make our own adventure. And we had this mission, but we had to, find people to actually help. And, and so it really helped me to develop this idea that if I want to find adventure, there's specific things that you need to do. You need to, you know, again, break your habits or just commit to doing something and then, and then doing it. And this trip was kind of the start of this, um, uh, I think more, a bigger focus on finding adventure in the everyday for me, because you come back from these trips and then you're like, Oh, back to my boring old life. But it really doesn't have to be like that. Cause some of the most meaningful moments on our road trip were things that I could do in my own hometown is we saw some guy raking his lawn. We went over there and we raked his lawn with him. And then he gave us the wine that he had, you know, brewed himself in his cellar and had dinner with them and all of that. And I'm like, well, I can do that in, in Burlington. I, I see people raking their leaves all the time. So that was a really good, um, time for me to realize that, yeah, if you want to live an adventurous life, there's really simple things that you can do in your everyday to kind of break up the sometimes uh, mundane nature of things. So that's, that's, that's kind of where it started. Dude, I, that is so 
wild. And, and that's a lot to unpack. Now, yeah, yeah, I talked a lot there. No, that, <laughs> and we've no, gone that's on good. a bunch of other trips since, and that's the other cool thing is that this RV in itself is basically an adventure mobile, and it kind of has this little this this magic to it that whenever you hop in that vehicle, uh, adventure happens. But again, it, it 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 can happen every day. You don't necessarily need to have uh, something like that to facilitate it, though it it surely helps. Anytime that RV comes out is is always an adventure, and there's been some other great trips uh, since then. But yeah. For sure. Okay, so I just want to start by saying I've seen pictures of that RV. Pretty it, sweet, eh? Oh, is that a <laughs> was that a basketball net on the side of it at one point? Yeah, we've done some upgrades. So we uh, <laughs> threw a basketball net on the side. Charles uh, was in the middle of his engineering degree and found a way to make that all work. And we ripped out the sound system and put some new stuff in, some subwoofers and all that. And we p- pulled out the sink to make room for a subwoofer because really, who needs running water? Uh, <laughs> we put some custom seats in. We have a bunch of art in there. And it's definitely seen better days. That's all I'll say. But uh, we, we love that uh, that machine. So Oh, for sure. But I mean, I've listened to your podcast and heard your wife describe it. And it was a very vastly <laughs> different d- description than what you just said. That, that's why I say I'll leave it at that. And I'll say it's seen better days. It's a 1979. So it's definitely more of a dude mobile than uh, something you want to, you know, go camping with your your wife in. Yes. So no, we did go definitely. on a trip down to Florida where it was three couples. I mean, we didn't stay in it while we were down there. We had accommodations, but we used it to travel. And uh, they put up with it for that 30-hour drive, reluctantly, but they did. <laughs> Dang, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a bit of a drive down there. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. So then even like with going, did you have a plan? Because I know some people say, oh, I would love to do that, but I could never. I don't have a plan. I don't know how to even start. Like how did you figure that out? Because like, like you're saying, it's open. we're going to hit the open road and we're going to figure it out. Like what does that mean practically? Yeah, I would, I think I've learned a lot about the idea you know, the difference between planning and spontaneous adventures over the years. And I, you know, I'm definitely all for spontaneity and for making sure that there's room to break your plans. Uh, But another thing that I learned is that, yeah, if you don't have a good plan, it's really easy for nothing to really happen. So for example, even on that first trip, there was, it was five weeks and there were probably times like two or three days stretches where we didn't really do anything and and had we had a little bit more of a plan you know you could have maybe done something different during those times so that was another reason why it was nice to have a bunch of stuff built into the trip where we always bought meals for people and stuff like that so we had planned to do that which then allowed some of those more down days to still um to still kind of engage us but you know there were other times when we would drive through a city like when we were in Regina we're in the middle of Saskatchewan. We're like, this is such a boring place. Like, let's just keep going. I imagine there was some pretty cool stuff that we could have done there, but because we hadn't didn't have a plan, we just boogied right through. Now, again, looking at the trip as a whole, I wouldn't really have done much differently because there were so many awesome, spontaneous experiences that had you not done this, this wouldn't have happened on and on and on. But if you, I, I would say having a rough plan is is pretty important um, and probably having, if, especially if you're doing a road trip, having a few highlights that we want to do this in this city, see this here, do that there, because it really makes the trip a little bit more meaningful when you can see big picture, here's what we're going to do. Let's make a lot of room for spontaneous things to happen uh, along the way because those do. And don't hold too tightly to your plans is, is the other thing that I would say. Um, but, you know, there was one time we went to Washington, D.C. It was just like, OK, let's stop in Pittsburgh and see these people. 
go to Washington, D.C., see the Smithsonian's, and then our way on our way home, let's drive through Scranton, Pennsylvania, because we love the office. And that was pretty much the whole plan for the trip. Yeah. And then so much other amazing, spontaneous stuff happened. For example, when we were in Scranton, the next day, this, the office, the TV show had just ended. The next day was the wrap-up party, and the entire cast of The Office was coming to town. I'm not kidding. And we ended up chatting with some students who had extra tickets and got VIP tickets and on and on and on. So it's like have a rough plan and then, you know, allow the open road and the adventure of of what you're doing to kind of guide guide some of your other stuff. So, again, I would take it case by case. But if I if I was helping somebody out, I would say make a plan to guarantee that you're going to have a good trip if you follow the plan. And then from there, have an extraordinary trip by taking advantage of the spontaneous uh, things that come up along the way. For sure. Okay, I just want to backtrack. So you wait, did you actually meet people from the office? Absolutely. They signed our no guest book, way. which I have uh, right in front of me here. We got Daryl, we got Aaron, we got Creed, we got David Wallace. None of the heavy hitters because they're they were like too many people around them. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we got all their signatures in our RV guest book, so that's pretty fun. Dude, that is so cool. Yeah. And Meredith's, Meredith's car rolled over uh, my foot when I went to get her signature. And so she stopped and they were like, sir, can you back away from the car? I was like, yeah, you know, I could, but this car is on my foot. And then they kind of start freaking out. But then it was all good. Dude, that is that is wild. That is so cool. But even, yeah. yeah, so I mean, like, I think that's so fascinating how you guys went to help people um, and made plans sure. to intentionally help people, which is really cool because even I have friends who have traveled from one end of the country to the other, um, which is cool because you get to see the country and that's that's really neat. But you guys went out to do, set out to do that while helping people. Like why the idea, like five guys in their 20s, to most most dudes in their 20s. And okay, keep in mind when I, I mean like we've known each other for a while, not super well, but like when I first met you, you you had dreads like down, halfway down your back. So like, yes, sir. So like this is like 20 year old dreads, Jeremy. Like why, like why did all of you guys want to just help people and how did people take to five random guys wanting to help them yeah so i think there's a few a few things to dive into there one of the main ones would be you know adventures are only i think they're they're at their best when you're sharing the experience with other people and when you're meeting new and interesting people and so this was a, a great way to to meet new people and to uh dive into their life in a meaningful way. So I think when we traveled, we were looking for a little bit more meaning and purpose. And the guys that I had gone on most of these trips with, I either grew up with them going to church or I grew up with them in youth group or in you know high school. And a bunch of us had done different missions trips with organizations. So we kind of had this and we did like a, a really cool learning tour in Israel and Palestine. And so we had this philosophy that if you're going to travel somewhere, make it more meaningful by engaging people of other cultures, engaging people of other religions, engaging uh, people who are different than you or who are the same as you. And, and 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 so when we were planning this road trip, we said, OK, let's go on a road trip across country to see these beautiful sites. But if we really want to make it meaningful and more impactful for our lives, let's add an element of um, service to it. And an interesting thing about that too and growing up and having a little more distance from it is when you put yourself out there and do the, some of the service stuff, uh, you're really confronted with your motivations, right? So, you know, 20-year-old me, probably a bigger part of me than maybe now, hopefully now, was like, 
oh yeah, I want to be seen as someone who does good things and who helps people and this, that, and the other. It was probably some selfish motivation, but mm-hmm. you're never going to be confronted with that self selfish motivation if you don't actually go and do it. And that was, I think, one thing that for all of us was really meaningful because, again, you're saying, hey, we want to help people, we want to do this, and then you're asking yourselves deeper questions like, well, why do I want to help people? Is it because I want to be seen as a good person? Is it because I genuinely care about that person? Because really, many of the strangers we served, I didn't genuinely care about them, right? Because they're not part of my life. Um, And and so it was a really, a really neat, um, I guess, yeah, just a neat way to, to learn about myself and to learn about, you know, again, what it means to serve others and love others. And yeah, there was that, that spiritual element too, where, you know, as mostly Christian guys, you read about, you know, this idea of, of actually going out and, and living your faith and not just kind of saying it and, you know, preaching it or, you know, being, um, being a bit, uh, you know, very opinionated, but do, do you actually practice what you preach? So that was another element that was really important to learn is, okay, so if, if we're saying we believe these things, are we actually serving others and loving others? And again, by going out and doing it, you practice it, you check your motivation and you learn about, yeah, what does it mean to serve? There were lots of times to your question when people responded with a little bit of hesitancy. This guy whose lawn we raked, we we came by his house and he was really put off at first. He's like, who are you guys and where are you from and what are you doing? So you explain it to him and they yeah. said, like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, you, you're having a much more different conversation. So that's the other thing too is, that, that story is a little bit compelling to people. So the more they found out about it, the more they were receptive. And, and so, yeah, so it was this mixed bag of people who were skeptical and then, you know, were really willing to engage with us or people who were right off the bat willing to engage with us because we were connected through a family friend or this, that, and the other. So awesome learning experience. Um, a huge part of adventure is yeah. Meeting other people, expanding your perspective and uh, and that's a great way to find a venture for sure. Dude, I love that. It sounds even a lot like it was a huge growing experience. For not, not even just like starting the adventure aspect of your life, but just learning about like your own intentions and how, how yeah. you are as a person, right? Yeah, and learning about how your friends work. And there's lots of five guys, you know, choosing where to go, what to do with minimal planning. There's going to be some butting of heads. So I learned a lot about making decisions and and having my opinions expressed in a positive way and not being too, um, you know, too, uh, too overbearing or too opinionated and holding loosely to those plans. And, uh, you know, we had a pot of money that we all uh, contributed to. And so we were making decisions on how to spend that money and what to spend it on. And when we had a repair come up, how was that going to impact things? And, so it was just such an incredible learning experience. And that's another reason why I you know, thought starting a podcast is, is a helpful thing to do because um, people are looking for adventure and they want to know how to do it. And not just to have adventure for adventure's sake, but to learn and to grow and to have uh, meaningful experiences to share with family and friends and all, and all that good stuff. So it's been it's been good. Yeah, man. I love it. That's wild. But then, okay, so that was your cross-Canada trip. Yes. And that's what sparked all of the adventure and finding an adventure in the everyday and all that fun stuff. Now, you've traveled to some other places. Where else have you traveled? Yeah, I've been to some other places for sure. I would say that was like the 
biggest catalyst. But even before that, um, before that trip is when I did a bunch of my, my world traveling. So I was in Germany as early as, you know, six years old. I went there a couple of times. We have some family there when I was in my early, uh, early, like, I guess, yeah, preteen days, my parents took us down to Guatemala to help, uh, drill some wells. So that was a pretty impactful experience when they're, when you're that young. And we, we went there twice, uh, during university, I w- went to Bolivia a couple times in, in South America. And that's a really cool place down there. Um, I did Europe again, again, mostly visiting family. And then this uh, trip to Israel and Palestine I mentioned was a, a really meaningful one. And during that trip, we, uh, after the formal part of it, we it was a kind of a young adults trip. So there's about 20 of us young adults traveling around uh, Israel, Palestine, we went down to Egypt for four days to see the pyramids, which was incredible. The pyramids are completely incredible. So that's kind of the world traveling. Yeah. And then there's been yeah, a bunch of road trips, DC, Florida, East coast of Canada, West coast of Canada, and then a ton of bachelor party, uh, style adventures where we pull out the RV. So dude, that is wild. But then even, I just want to say, just to backtrack a little bit, I remember talking about Bolivia, I think I yeah. met. I think the first time I actually met you was at Camp Crossroads. Uh, I was a camper, and you just came. Is for that a, few a grade days. retreat, or what was that? No, I didn't go. I didn't go to uh, the same high school as most people there. I went to a different. School. I went to Sir Winston, um, but oh. it was it was in the, yeah right. Um, the whole time. Yeah. You yeah. had four years at Sir Winston. I was all four years went to Sir Winston. Oh, I, I didn't even know that. Yeah, I mean, like I skipped a lot of class to hang out with my friends from Eden, <laughs> but I mean, like I technically went there. But even, I think I'm, I think I remember the first time I met you. You said how you pierced your ears. I think in Bolivia. Yeah. And I thought that was the coolest thing. I pierced my ears with a pin the next day. <laughs> like, Did you? Yeah, yeah. Like the next That's day. Amazing. Yeah, I was like, oh man. I can do that. So I went to the craft hut. Me and my friends got pins and like pierced my ears. Yeah, I went home. Like I, my mom freaked. Were they infected or did, they, did it all work out? Oh, no. Yeah, super infected. It was gross. <laughs> yeah, it was it was gross. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, I, I boasted a little bit about getting piercings in Bolivia. The first year I was there, I got my lip pierced. The next year I got my ears pierced there. But, you know, I, it's, I made it sound really sketchy, but it was at like a totally normal tattoo parlor with like sterile equipment and stuff like that so i would if you would have told me you were planning to do that i would not have recommended man that's i honestly you made it sound so sketchy i'm like oh if he can do it there i can do it here i live in canada everything's clean here yeah it was awful i gotta watch my words i guess yeah yeah Yeah, so i had my ears pierced for a solid two days three days (laughs) that is awesome yeah it was a great uh choice at like 12 years old uh, or 13 years old whatever it is yeah, so at at this point in this in this show, we've talked about all my body mods, dreads, yeah. <laughs> ears pierced, lip pierced, and if you look at me now, all of it's gone. I have no it tattoos. Is. I was very careful with my uh, appearance that it could all be undone. So I don't have anything really against tattoos and whatnot, but you know, spacers were a thing in like the like 20, 2007 to twenty eleven, and now no, you don't see anyone with their spacers in anymore. They're all getting their ears sewed up. So it's true. People, you know, I have our, I have friends who got tattoos at 18 and they're already regretting them. So I, uh, I made sure that whenever I changed my appearance drastically, it was something that could be reversible. There you go. Well, even for me, I have one tattoo and it's on my chest. I said, if I'm going to get anything, I'm going to, first of all, if it's anything big, I'm going to wait till I'm older to see if I still want it. But I got the day I got baptized on my chest this way I can hide it if I need to. Is it like a chest piece or is it? No, like- no, no. It's like a small, like on my, like, um, 
what's the the muscle? I mean, the lack of muscle. On your pack, yeah. On my pack, yeah, that's what it's <laughs> called. Uh, yeah, so I had the in Roman numerals. Um, nice. Yeah, yeah. So oh, that's that's, all, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so I mean, like that's that's all I have. But this way, uh, I can hide it if need be because I know with. We've- We've toyed with the idea of, ta- uh, you can go ahead there, but we've toyed with the idea of, of tattoos. The guys who I lived with in university, our house was 104 Noah, or we, ta- we toyed with getting 104 on our butts, but never ended up doing it. That is so funny. Well, I have a friend who's a musician, and he, uh, we had an agreement I made with, I don't know why, but he said if he ever got signed to a big band, uh, we'd get each other's signature, or to a big label. Together, we would get each other's signatures tattooed on each other's butts. <laughs> he got really close to getting yeah. signed. Yeah, I was getting scared. I'm yeah. sure you could go back on it at this point. I don't know. I mean, like it's fine now because it didn't end up happening. But I was getting scared yeah, yeah. in the moment. I was, I was getting nervous. I was getting hey, well, well, if he's that close and still in music, it's you're not off the hook yet. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I guess it'll, uh, it's forever hanging there. Yeah. But dude, okay. So even like with traveling, like what have you learned about? other cultures because you've been to everywhere all over the world. So there's obviously huge differences. Like what's big takeaways from other cultures that you've learned? Big takeaways. Um, I'd say one thing I've learned, and this is kind of a funny and backwards one is that I I really like our culture here. Yeah. (laughs) It's, I think one thing I've learned is just how, intensely ingrained we get into the culture that we're born into and how that is so hard to change um, and so hard to like adapt to. So I think that's one thing that I learned is like, I'm so grateful for, uh, you know, where I was born, where I've grown up and the things that I am afforded in this part of the world. Um, but, uh, yeah, cultures are all very, they're all very different. I mean, I'm trying to think of some specific examples. Oh, another trip I didn't mention last summer, we went to Iceland. Um, and yeah, I think one thing you learn about culture is that it is so, it's like tangible, but intangible. So when we were in Iceland, um, the people there did not seem very enthusiastic about anything. And that kind of bugged me because I was there as a tourist and we had guides for different parts of the trip and I wanted them to like get jazzed up about the volcanoes or jazzed up about the glaciers and share with me things that that I didn't know that were fascinating and you know they just kind of showed showed off the natural beauty and kind of let it do the talking which was totally fine um <laughs> but it was kind of like no I, I would have rather had someone who was a little bit more uh, energetic so that's one thing about Icelandic culture um yeah I mean culture in the I was surprised at how Western the culture was in Israel. It seemed very, very normal. And that's another thing that I think is interesting about cultures around the world. There's, you're kind of afraid of, I mean, I I am anyway, you're kind of afraid of other cultures or you go somewhere and you feel so foreign. And then at the same time, you know, people are people and they're interested in good conversation and good food and, you know, family and friendship and, so much of that stuff is just so, um, yeah, I don't know, so so similar in all of humanity that, um, you know, anywhere you go, if you open yourself up to them, they'll open themselves up to you. So I would say it's such a valuable experience to to meet people from other cultures. But I guess I'm having a hard time, yeah, with describing any huge huge things I've noticed. No, for sure, I like I like that. How at the end of the day, everyone just wants connection and just. Yeah. Make, make friends. But I, I even like how you're saying, like, everyone, there's no, uh, 
there's no excitement in Iceland because it's like it is so beautiful. <laughs> it is. Oh only, yeah, and every every pick from there makes you. I need to go. Yeah, I have I have a few friends who've gone. And I'm like, what am I doing with my life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's dude. Yeah, that's really cool. That's interesting to see like how. Yeah, despite there is a lot of differences. At the end of the day, everyone just wants to be friends, and everyone's at the end of the day is human, which is really really neat. Absolutely. That was another funny thing about Iceland, where I'm like, okay, I have a podcast about finding adventure in the everyday, and I'm not getting adventurous vibes from the people that I'm that I'm meeting so again it was this idea of go explore something go find a little nook and cranny go and uh you know do some other exploring with your wife or go and you know catch some fish and cook a meal and you know those those types of things so I think that was a good trip for yeah even when you go on a vacation to an exotic place it doesn't automatically guarantee that you're going to have an adventurous time if you just sit in your hotel or whatever it's another thing I found out with traveling with work. I always try to incorporate some adventure when I'm away with work, but that doesn't really end up happening because I'm, you know, airport to hotel, back to airport to home. So it's, but the, but the philosophy is sticking with me and now saying, oh, go try a new restaurant or, oh, um, message a friend in this city or, um, you know, take a walk in the park, even stuff as simple as that to just kind of, uh, you know, spend time uh, thinking about, how to make things a little bit more adventurous and not for the sake of adventure, but just for the sake of, again, those new experiences and opening up to, uh, to what the world has to offer. Dude, the world is a beautiful place. And I love that, man. So something I've been doing with all of my podcasts so far is ending the show with three questions and yeah, then we'll be able to wrap it up. So without further ado, question one, what makes you passionate about what you love? Passionate about what I love. Passionate about what I love. I would say it's this 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 thirst for. I guess the thirst for experiencing what the world has to offer. You know, we we only have one life, and so this idea of adventure allows me to make the most of the one life that I've been given. Um, there's so many things to do and people to see and places to go. And if I don't think intentionally about how to at least do some of that stuff, it's never going to happen. So the passion comes from almost this place of, uh, (laughs) almost a fearful place of missing out, right? Like of missing out. There's that, right? So I think, I think that is something that fuels my passion. Another thing I said is my, my personality type, right? So that's something that's even a little more hard to explain, but my personality type just kind of creates its own sense of passion around trying to do uh, new and interesting things. So that'll be my first answer. Dude, I love that. Okay, question two. A reflection is such an amazing tool. So with that said, what has this past year been like for you? Reflecting on the last year, I would say, is to 2016. It was a good year. It was a year where we... Um, made a decision to move in with these other people that we're living with right now, um, friends of ours. I think I mentioned that earlier. And we, you know, Katie started uh, her her job, and uh, we're we're wrapping that up. Uh, we're wrapping up this part of her articling, so she's going to be a lawyer soon. So that was kind of something that was moving, and we bought a house. And so I would say one thing I learned about uh, last year is to. Yeah, I don't know. Be deliberate with your choices. Um, you know, moving in with other people wasn't 
necessarily uh, the easiest thing to do. You know, there's challenges of living with roommates, but it's been a really rich and fulfilling one. So I would say, yeah, maybe reflecting on the year is is make the make a, a tougher choice that's going to lead to lead to more growth or to better experiences. That's awesome, man. So all around, it's been a pretty good year for you then. Oh, fantastic year! I have so many things to be uh, so many things to be thankful for. Um, so yeah, it was a really really great year. Totally, man. That is awesome. So question number three: What do you think is the best way to love someone? The best way to love someone, I'd say just buy them as much stuff as possible. <laughs> I think the more money you spend, the more they will understand that you love them. <laughs> and if that doesn't work, leave them behind. Fair. Okay. That's, that's, <laughs> that's a good answer. <laughs> no, I would say like the, the best way to love people, um, I don't know what the other guests have said, probably you know, meet them where they are and, and listen to their perspective. I'd, I'd say, you know, yeah. listening is a big thing as, you know, I'm an extrovert. My wife is an introvert. I don't do enough listening. I don't ask enough questions. I think those things, um, allow you to really, uh, find out with the best way to love a specific person. Again, case by case basis, the ones who are close to you, make sure you're spending enough time, uh, figuring out how they like to be loved and, and then do that really well. Dude, that is great. I love it. So where can people find you online? Yeah, online. I'm mostly active on uh, Instagram at Jeremy underscore N's E-N-N-S. And then our podcast can be found uh, on Instagram at Open Road Pod, P-O-D. And on the web, openroadpod.com. Subscribe on iTunes or Google Play or SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts. But those are probably the best places to uh to find us, we we try to keep the podcast uh, uh, feed pretty adventurous and pretty up to date. It's a pretty good. Uh, I'd I'd say it's a pretty good follow. It is. I'd I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that, dude. It's been so much fun talking, and yeah, it's been tons of fun. So I hope you have a great day, and I can't wait for everyone to hear our conversation together. Thanks so much, dude. Really great to chat with you. Yeah, anytime, man. All right, have a good one. That was so much fun. Now, if you enjoyed our conversation as much as I did, then go send Jeremy some love by checking out his Instagram and also go check out his podcast. He spelled it out for you, so go check it out. It is a great listen. Now, you can find me, Kevin Unger, on Instagram and Twitter just by searching Kev Unger. That's K-E-V-U-N-G-E-R. Want to hear more interviews like this? Then make sure you subscribe to get new episodes in your ears each and every week. If you can leave a review of the podcast on iTunes, that would help me out so much. I have a really amazing group of people lined up coming up after this, and I cannot wait for you to hear our conversations together. And by subscribing and leaving a review, it helps even more people see it. So it's a win-win for everyone. You guys get to hear awesome conversations, and more people get to hear them too. So it'll be a lot of fun. I am so excited for next week, and I will talk to you then.